Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who might stop by to ask for a cup of slab. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. Well, what's happening, everybody? It's show number 519. It's us again. show we're talking about. We're what back. did you say? It's us again. We're back. Okay. Surprise. It's hard to hear in this format when other people talk. Shh. I'm talking. Trouble podcast. I'm speaking now. We need to start recording in the same place. It'd be a lot easier. Come on over. Anyway, on today's do this. show, we're t- <laughs> see. Here we go. Good. <laughs> on today's show, we're talking about wedged round tenons uh, succeeding without being a wiener and sawdust disposal. <laughs> but before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away a new product each month to one lucky Wood Talk listener. This month, they're giving away Rockler's router table box joint jig and a 12-piece box joint call set to help you make strong, tight-fitting box joints on your router table. The prize is valued at $134.98. Enter for your chance to win before February 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. Theoretically, a good place to make box joints. That's what we learned last time. <laughs> Theoretically. I was waiting for you to say it again. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that that horrible thing that I said. Never. <laughs> Uh, you know what? If uh, if you want to help support the show, you can do so. You can go to patreon.com slash woodtalk and sign up to become a patron of the show like these nice people. Sutranu, uh, Thomas Sims, Juan Zavalos, and Arnie Falain. There's an accent on that E. Falain? Mm, accents are tricky. <laughs> Make it fun, you know? Just hit that E like in a special fun way and call it good. That almost seems like something I'm looking at the name going, is there a joke here? <laughs> Where? You know what I mean? Really? You like throw, throw an accent in there so that that they say something completely goofy. But I need follow. No, I don't. I mean, I don't hear anything when yeah. I say it. But no, maybe no, sounds good. That's a legit name, I guess. Good for you. You have a legit name. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> You've accomplished Congratulations. Something. You're legit. Yep. 
Well, thank you everybody who helps uh, support the show. We absolutely appreciate that. So second show for the month. Time for a little uh, dining table chat, huh? Delicious. What's on, what's on the dining table? Not food. Uh, so I guess this one was inspired. Shannon, you put this in here. Do you have a name for who left this comment or question? Jean-Luc. Oh, duh. It's in the opening of the first like, question. The, the thing, though, the point he makes where it a says, Picard. this is Jean-Luc. Yeah, he makes a Picard reference, and then I just, my brain was like, not that's not his actual name. Anyway. <laughs> Because we're on the whole fake name thing here, apparently. Oh, yes. Okay. That, okay. So this is from Jean-Luc. He says, this is Jean-Luc, like Captain Picard from Southern Louisiana. I'm curious if you guys have any funny stories or awkward moments of being seen in the wild, aka a fan of the show going nuts <laughs> that they saw you at the grocery store or some guy running into uh, running into the middle of a race to tackle Shannon and kick him off his bike. <laughs> it sounds like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> just for fun see what happens <laughs> why not <laughs> nothing more funny than a, a guy of shannon's frame uh flying off a bike yeah <laughs> nothing funnier can't think of anything yeah. funnier than that yeah. nope maybe we that should make band-aids the theme of this show oh yeah maybe it's a lot of band-aids um who wants to go first well i can i can take his example because i actually have said someone at a race um come out to me but it was more of a mutual thing like I listened to his triathlon podcast and he listened to Wood Talk. Oh, that's which was funny. Weird. Like, what were the chances of those stars aligning? And right. you know, of Rock Hall, Maryland, of all places, the beginning of a of a race. So mm. yeah, it was that was kind of cool. Um, but the the one that I like is it was kind of a a watershed moment for my relationship with my wife. Um, we were at Woodworking in America, and um, Heather always enjoyed the show. So like she likes woodworkers. She contends woodworkers are very kind, wonderful people. Like Sometimes. Vic Hubbard is one of her favorite people. She like always wants to be, <laughs> go to woodworking in America and hang out with Vic. Vic is, but, um, she, so she, she went to most of the ones that I went to. Um, and I can remember it was one of those times where it's like, okay, we're, we are going to go get lunch. My wife and I are going to go get lunch and crossing the marketplace at woodworking in America ended up taking us close to like 75 minutes because <laughs> I kept getting stopped. Um, people come up, Oh, you know, I love you. I love your show. Uh, I love the podcast or whatever. I just had one quick question or I just wanted to say hi. Um, and I, I kept, you know, I, I, I was doing the right thing and I was, you know, being gracious and, you know, kind of quickly excusing myself, you know, I'm on my way to treat my own, my wife to lunch or whatever. Oh, no big deal. So each, each individual conversation didn't really take that long but there were like 30 of them to cross yeah. the floor. Um, and once we finally got to lunch, it was at that point when she turned to me, she said, okay, I get it. Like, I understand why you put so much effort into, you know, your silly videos <laughs> because there actually people are, are actually people watching, watching silly videos. people are actually watching them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. And granted, that's not really being seen in the wild. That was at a woodworking conference. So like, yeah, it doesn't you know, count. the only, the only place where I would have any celebrity anywhere in this world would be <laughs> in this weird group of people, but it was still, it was enough to, uh, to kind of let my wife see that, you know, Kind of a big deal in this woodworking world. I have many leather bound books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is funny when it happens when family is around, uh, you know, going to a Rockler and meeting somebody there. That's not that surprising or, or right. a working show. But um, for us, there, there are two incidents that I remember going like 
it, it always catches me off guard, right? Because in regular public, not doing anything woodworking related in my brain, no one should know who I am ever. Right? There's just no reason, right? Like that's the way my headspace is. So I'm always a little bit, um, you know, shocked when it happens. So when we, we went to Ohio for something, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, uh, but it was like in a, America. A, a personal thing. Um, and we're on an elevator in like a holiday inn or something. And, uh, some dude gets on the elevator and starts striking up a conversation with us and clearly knew who we were. Uh, but we were definitely not there for a woodworking thing. So that was a little weird cause you're in a pretty tight space, uh, going down an elevator. Um, mm. and I think the other one was when we first moved to Denver, we went to the mall, the local mall, and we're at a food court and just there with the family. Some guy comes up and he goes, Hey, are you Mark from the wood whisperer? And he just strikes up a conversation with us. That was pretty cool. And then five minutes later, another guy does the same thing. <laughs> now, mind you, has never happened at that mall since then. But that one day when we first moved here, twice in a row, five minutes apart, uh, two guys came up and, and talked to us. So that was pretty wild. What about you, Matt? It's got to be a constant headache for you. Oh, it's actually it's it's surprisingly frequent. <laughs> right. Which is you weird. Go, wow. And it's always in the weirdest places. Yeah. Like, oh. I can guarantee, like, if I go to Rockler, no one knows who I am. But if I'm, like, at the <laughs> grocery store or, like, at, at, home, a urinal. at Home Depot. Yeah, at a urinal, definitely. Especially at a urinal. That's. <laughs> yeah. The guy would go, like, hey, what you got packing? And they go, oh. It's actually one of the best conversations I've ever had with Roy Underhill was at a urinal. So, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so where, where, where was the last place you said? I was, I was prepping my joke. I don't know. I was at a urinal, apparently. <laughs> According to you, is made up story of yours. <laughs> yeah, that's the best. I actually, uh, my first woodworking show I went to uh, was in Orange County in California. And uh, I went pee next to David Marks before I ever talked to the guy. Is, I, is that I, when you I, talked I had to him? enough. What's that? You make it awkward. And no, no, no. I had enough brains not to okay, interrupt good. a guy while he's taking a, a pee. You never know with you. <laughs> yeah, true. right. You just you go away, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can say that um, I don't think it's ever really been totally weird. I mean, I think a lot of times people, they may have the guts to say hi, but they don't always have a good follow-up conversation. Um, so I think the worst the worst situation I get in is when it's the awkward stare uh, because I don't have a whole lot to say, right? But like they wanted to say hi and they didn't think about the, the second thing that they were going to do once they got there. So there could be a lot of awkward stares. It's just usually just kind of weird to like, I'm not expecting it more than anything. Cause I'm at some place where like, I don't expect anyone to know who I am. Yeah. That's that's, and it's fine. It's just like, Oh, Oh, okay. That's why well, you're talking to me. Cause like at first, like, I don't know why this person's coming to talk to me. Cause I'm one of those people. I'm like, I'm not like you're ready to punch him. I'm not like into people. So I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> yeah. what is this scenario? It's about to happen now. What did I do wrong? Like, Am I getting kicked out of here for something stupid? Is my kid being you grip loud? Your, you grip your keys in your hands so that you have a fist full of metal yes, in case absolutely. the person is threatening you. Absolutely. I got my phone. I'm ready to go to record <laughs> them in case something goes down. Like, oh, kind of a- it's just someone, <laughs> someone nice coming to say hi. Oh, yeah. that's nice. I don't have to punch him in the face. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think You're really the, like our, changing like- my stories like completely to like <laughs> totally different things. <laughs> Uh, the version that I want to use. I know, I know. Happened. I understand. Matt, Matt apparently, going. needs to go to anger management. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. When somebody comes up to you, it's usually not for a good reason. 
Um, so kind of a throw down. Do you find like if you're doing a family thing, especially if the kids are around my headspace when my kids are around and we're in public is what are my kids doing? You know, kind of the protective dad mode of things. So I am absolutely not mentally prepared to be like woodworking guy. <laughs> you know, when, when my kids are there. So yeah, that's that's always the most uh, when I'm probably not as gracious as I want to be because I'm not just not in that headspace. I, I had that so yeah. as one story. So I had someone stop me in a parking lot and it was after I had put, I think it was just with Eloise, but I had buckled her into the car seat and I closed the door. I was bringing the cart back to the car return and someone stops me in the parking lot and starts talking to me. And I'm like, oh, I got a kid in the car. Yeah, I'm standing in this parking lot. I'm like just outside of like, like eye range of the car. I'm like, I don't really feel comfortable standing here right now. It's supposed to be like a quick, like drop this car off and run back kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was, was, but I'm like, okay, I got to go. A little awkward. Yeah. But otherwise, you know, most of the time, it's just just nice to meet people. It's one of the things I like about what we do is the fact that I don't have to, like, be the person to initiate contact with another human. Someone else does it for me. (laughs) It's it's my ultimate cop out in life. I'm like, (laughs) I'm an introvert. I don't really like introducing myself to people. I don't like going up and talking to people that I don't know. But you know what? They come to me now. Yeah. It's great. And we already have something in common. Like, oh, you know who I am. You know kind of what I'm into. Things I like. Yep. I don't know. It's kind of an easy way to like meet people now. I found that to be kind of refreshing. as like a mm-hmm. totally selfish. <laughs> well, the ice is already broken yes. in a way. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Uh-huh. right. But as an introvert, I'm, I'm right there with you. It, you have to learn how to manage these these moments. Um, I, I have learned a lot from Nicole who was, uh, she's definitely more of a people person and has uh, well-practiced sort of interactions with strangers on how to <laughs> get, get them to talk more. Yes. Uh, and she's taught me a number of tricks and book signings that we've done where uh, she's like my right hand man or my right hand woman um, managing the conversation for me. But I've learned some of the little tricks that you could, um, you know, how to engage people and, and make them feel like they had a good interaction with you, even though it was just a couple of seconds. And I don't punch wow. him in the face. <laughs> what? Most of the time. I don't know. I feel that like helps. you were. That's generally, that's the first to. tip. Punch him right <laughs> in the face. Don't punch him in the face. But I can't. It's illegal. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Um, if you see any of us in public, definitely punch us in the face. Yeah, that, so. that's what it is. That's how we know you're listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's a greeting. Some people have challenge coins or handshakes. Oh, man. But, uh, so we're done we just with, punch each other in the face. We're done with like, thanks for not quitting. We move out to just face punches. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the natural evolution. <laughs> Frankly, punching us for continuing to do the show. Okay. Oh, I can't uh, wait for this episode to come out now. This is, this is going to go real well for us. <laughs> real good stuff coming. Um, kickback and announcements. Uh, Shannon, you want to cover this? I did not watch this. Sure. Yeah, we, we talked about the um, intellectual property, the Domino, and why there weren't competitors in mm-hmm. a recent episode. And Dean wrote in and said, Domino Alternative? I think there is one. Um, I'll, I'll embed this uh, YouTube video, but it's actually kind of interesting. It's a Chinese company who's made a, a jig to hold a palm router, and it basically just allows the palm router to slide laterally. Yeah. So, um, of course, you can plunge it in and out as usual, but it just puts it on a track. And um, the the review on this is interesting because it's it does appear to be machined quite well. Um, so there's very little slop in the mechanism at all. Um, so yeah, I mean, 
certainly it's not going to be a domino. It doesn't no. kind of oscillate back and forth. It's basically just, you know, a router on its side. Um, or and and, yeah. and how he actually cuts it reminds me of like a dowel max jig where he's essentially plunging into three different locations. And then once you've got the bulk of the waste removed, you can move it side to side to kind of cut off the little, the last little bit That's, there. But this is pretty cool. It's, I mean, it's, to me, it looks like it's well-made. Yeah, so it's this is, this very, is more this than just. Did this person make it? This uh, Ding's workshop no, guy? No, this is. Um, he's just reviewing it. Yeah. And he's very clear to say that, you know, he bought it himself and this wasn't like a paid sponsorship or whatever but he does a pretty good job of it in this is um I, like a, it's like just like router cut mortises with like an edge guide or whatever but now you can do them kind of on the side or like near all pieces yeah so uh, kind of like a multi-router or a panel router yeah kinda, yeah. Uh, yeah handheld in a way it, here's but, the thing the though. fact that it has stops on the lateral side means yeah, that you're cool. cutting you know the the same right. domino or loose tenon each time or this is you have it the, set up. i would say this is the best one of these that I've seen. And there's been lots of, mm -hmm. you know, shop made versions of this, but the magic of the domino is that oscillation. Uh, the oscillation is what keeps those bits from getting too hot and from burning and causing all kinds of problems. Um, so this is, this is the best one of them <laughs> that I've seen, but it's still a stretch because you could just kind of do that with your router. And I mean, I guess it's not as quick. But, and know. I think that's one of the things that I actually liked about this review um, is he said, uh, this would be nice for now, like until I can afford a domino. He's yeah, like, I have very so, intention of buying a domino eventually. Right. But this will work for now. Yeah. And so I think go, I'm, I'm watching him do the end grain one right now. That's one I'm really curious about because if you don't, the way the domino works, you can kind of push in real slow. It's going back and forth, clearing the chips. So your end grain cuts are pretty uneventful. Uh, but if you're just using hand pressure, and now you're also plunging and controlling the motion. End grain feels like that might get a little more dicey uh, unless that piece is clamped in place, you know? Mm, interesting. Okay. Well, that's cool though. Is that like a, where do you buy it? Is that a product someone makes? Yeah. I mean, he mentions to the company as and everything. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's a Chinese company. I would, I don't know what kind of global distribution they have, mm -hmm. but still. Well, that's cool. How much was right. it? Do you know how much it was? I don't know details. Did anyone do any research we, for this? I just come on. I watched the video. Like, That's more than I usually well, do. You bought it on eBay. It's $197. There we go. 200 bucks. 100 bucks. Yeah. Pass. <laughs> Put that toward a domino. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I can't. Being cynical here. Okay. I don't uh, know. I might buy one of these just to try it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to do What the hell am I talking about? I ain't doing that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You don't, you, don't, you don't have time for that. I got, I got some other things to do. I don't. I don't need to spend two hundred dollars on a whim to just try something out, like somebody buying miter gauges. Right. I was going to say two thousand dollars on miter gauges. You got to spend two grand at least if you're going to do that to do the review. No one asked for. <laughs> no, no one asked for this, but here we are. Yeah, that's now the bar that's been set for all reviews going forward. Minimum investment is two thousand dollars. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, you know who doesn't sell cheap Chinese knockoffs. <laughs> is there a fact check oh, on that God. <laughs> i don't I, i'm just talking out of my are we like are we certain do. Uh, i talk about rockler our friends at rockler now ironically this was not uh meant to be timed this way uh but they want to highlight the fact that they sell a lot of festival stuff at rockler um a wide selection of festival we sell products a lot of it, just saying so you know. in store yeah they do and online uh, including 
Festool Dominoes, the real one, uh, track saws, <laughs> dust extractors, and much more. During the month of January, see Festool in action at all, oh, sorry, all month long at Rockler retail stores. Meet with the Festool representatives, see the tools in person, get your questions answered. Dates may vary by location. Check with your local store or online at rockler.com for details. Rockler also lets, this is pretty cool, they let you test drive your Festool purchases. Uh, you have one month to try it out. If you're not satisfied, there's a money back guarantee and you can get, uh, check out the full selection at rockler.com. That's pretty great when you're talking about that much <laughs> of an investment. I was going to say, you just go buy it and then make your project and, you know, return, return it. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, hey, I mean, hey, when you're waiting you for your it. next project, you buy it again. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like oh. when you go get a TV for the Super That's Bowl so from bad. Costco. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, that's how you ruin don't these do programs, that. people. Don't do that. <laughs> but that's how you get your picture on the wall behind the cash <laughs> register. Do not sell to do this guy sell anymore. This guy. He's he's not allowed to do this anymore. That's a good policy, though. I mean, a customer-friendly policy, especially when you're talking about these really expensive tools that maybe you heard a lot oh, about. Man. Is it is it all it cracked up to be? I I, th- I clicked on a Domino XL to read the little like why I chose to buy this thing because all the cool kids have one. Uh, Caleb B two weeks ago. And then because of the reviews. (laughs) I think the the one thing about that on Rockler's site, the one thing I think they need to change is they highlight those. So as you're checking out and I've purchased stuff from Rockler, one of the things they hit you with as you're checking out is why did you buy this? And that's a great thing to do. So that's what people are typing in, but they highlight that so obviously (laughs) on each product's page so There's I kind of feel like one it, here. Th- I've always wanted one because I bought it because I've always wanted one. <laughs> I don't think the why you bought this or why you chose this is quite as informative as the real reviews, uh, right? I mean, I kind of want to work. No, just because people just give a, a <laughs> sort of like flip response to that or like a quick answer, and it's not it's not that informative. So Rockler, if you're listening, I mean, swap those. The, give us the reviews, not the why I chose this, because people answer dumbly yeah but i also like <laughs> i like a lot of these answers though i like it if you if you if you treat these as if they're reviews they're hilarious <laughs> but they're not reviews they're answering a question yeah it's that's how i'm reading it i'm like yeah that's and for a lot of things i buy a lot of these make sense because i want it yeah yeah <laughs> i wanted it there's something to be said about asking at the point of sale, you know, before you've had a time to like work with it or anything, you can't, you're all optimism. You're all excited. Yeah, sure. It's It's an interesting uh, point of data to capture. I just don't know that it's product page worthy. Uh, It should be, I probably get more responses than they do reviews because I heard about it on wood talk. Well, that is probably half of them. If I'm guessing just estimating. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's gotta be. At least half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, thank you so much, Rockler, for letting <laughs> us criticize your website. <laughs> and also for having a great selection of Festool products and a great policy. You want to try out a Festool product? You're tempted to go buy that uh, Chinese-made monstrosity? Um, you can go test the, the real stuff out first and decide if it's worth your investment. That's pretty cool. So uh, let's get to some questions, shall we? I don't know. This is pretty fun. That is cool. I should be more careful. We're we're at the end of a contract here. (laughs) And I'm screwing around with Rockler like this. I shouldn't do that. Well, to be fair, two of us kind of liked it. 
It's only you that didn't like it. So. I'm entertained by it. I'm thinking from the marketing <laughs> side of things. Let them worry the, about their own marketing. The Q&A where, where and reviews make more things. sense. All right. Well, what do I know? I'm just, I, I do podcasts. Where are one of their marketing channels? Just think about that for a second. <sighs> oh, God. Just think about There's that. There's just a series let, let of poor decisions here. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is questionable. Well, anyway, uh, what's even more questionable is if they actually start listening to our marketing advice, then you know that's not. <laughs> At least right now, you know, they have phone calls with us from time to time. They they kind of show us behind the curtain some stuff, but they don't actually pay attention to anything we say. Mm -hmm. So I still have respect for them. So, yeah, yeah. they start right. buying into our line. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to questions because uh, James has a question about a hundred year old footstool that he'd like to refinish. Ooh. He says the stools each have three legs with wedged round mortise and tenon joints connecting them to the base. Most of the joints are fairly loose. Tightening these joints up, I was hoping I could just pop the legs out, re-glue the joints. But since they are wedged tenons, well, I have to cut the old wedges out and install new ones. Also for the sake of learning this type of joint, how does one cut a round tenon by hand? So, if you can just pop the legs out, then that wedge is completely useless. Um, so I'm actually hoping that you can, um, because the wedge is there to provide that kind of mechanical junction that will, you know, makes the, the tenon larger than the hole itself. So it can't pull out. So I'm assuming those wedges have completely failed. Um, I would absolutely saw those wedges out and reinstall wedges. Um, when you're talking about stretchers or legs on stools or chairs, you know, you're talking about a dynamic force on those legs. So a, a static mortise and tendon joint will hold for a while, but it's going to eventually fail. That's why generally you find that there are drawbores or wedges or some sort of other mechanical um, element to that joint, because every time somebody leans back on those legs, they're putting a fair amount of dynamic force on that joint and it needs that kind of interlocking or, or um, wedge action to kind of hold the whole thing together. Um, I'd be really curious why these failed. If they had wedges in them, maybe the wedges just weren't big enough. Maybe they weren't installed very well. Maybe the joints didn't fit well enough to begin with. Maybe it's a hundred so, years old, Shannon. Yeah, I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't, you don't buy it for very long. <laughs> kind of a long time. <laughs> Seen lots of chairs hang out, hang around longer than that. But yeah, okay. Right. Blame fine. the craftsman, whatever. Uh, well, you know, so <laughs> well, here's you your know. chance to make it better. Yeah. and make it last 200 years. So yeah, certainly you, you have to get them apart first. The important part is you need to make sure you remove all of the old glue. You can't just slather new glue back on and stick it back in place. Um, glue does not glue too well to old glue, even if it's hide glue. Um, and hide glue is wonderful in the fact that it will stick to itself, but it has to be reactivated. So in other words, it has to be hydrated and heated up again. Oh, lick it. Um, and if you, if you have hot high glue that you paint onto old glue, the moisture from the hot high glue is going to absorb into the old glue to partially hydrate it, but it's also going to suck the moisture and the heat and everything out. It's just going to cause a problem. So whether you're using high glue or PVA or epoxy or whatever, you need to get back to the raw wood before you glue it up again. So that's the first mm -hmm. thing. Um, you also, in order to do that, may end up having to remove a little bit of the wood, maybe just a little bit, but you might affect the fit of the tenon itself. So what I actually recommend you do is plug the mortises, um, stick a you know bit of wood in there and plug up the mortises entirely, glue a plug back in place, 
and then rebore the mortises because probably that mortise is going to be slightly different because by the time you've actually reshaped the tenon, removed the glue, recut a kerf to hold the wedge, you're going to end up with something that's slightly looser. And the looser that joint is, the more chance it's going to fail. I don't care how much epoxy you put in there. It's just going to be more prone to failure. So that's the first thing. Plug up the mortise, remove all the glue from the from the tenon, and then rebore a mortise um, that's relative to the tenon that you've created. Do we know so that might if this actually, is, um, are these on uh, angles? Probably. So you want this guy or to maybe. re-drill <laughs> angled mortises for a thing he didn't build? Sure. It's show gone crazy. Mark, 90 <laughs> degrees is still an angle. <laughs> so whether it's 23.333 degrees or 47.14 degrees or 90 degrees to try to rebore these things at an angle on a hundred year old piece. Well, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're a decent craftsman, you can oh, rebore geez. the holes without a problem. As long as you know what that angle is. <laughs> there we go. Well, set your comment for gauge, next show. Sight down it. <laughs> I, I, to me, I don't see that as being a, a huge issue. I mean, he asked how to cut the round tenon by hand. So he may have already be of the crazy hand tool bent mm-hmm. to begin with uh, in which case you know it's a matter of capturing that angle figuring out what that angle is using a bevel gauge setting that bevel gauge to that angle and if necessary clamp the bevel gauge to the leg so you actually can like line up your your auger bit with that angle and bore out the hole mm-hmm. it's really not nearly as difficult as it sounds unless but, it's a compound you know, angle then get two compound angle still an angle it doesn't matter though it's a matter of finding your sight line, finding a resultant angle, lining up the bit on the resultant angle and boring it out. I'm actively disagreeing with you on this. Well, that's it's okay. You're wrong, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could be. You're probably right. He could get lucky and he may not have to rebore it. You know, the first thing, obviously, clean off that tenon and if you can get a decent fit out of it. But my I suspect if you can pop those tenons out, they're already pretty loose to begin with. Um, driving a new wedge in will certainly help. But if you drive too big of a wedge, you run the risk of actually splitting that. Um, does he say it's the legs, right? No. Tenons connecting at the base, whatever, whether we're talking about legs or stretchers, there's mm-hmm. a strong chance with too big of a wedge that you can end up splitting the whole thing. So I just suspect that that tenon is going to end up being quite a bit smaller. Now, the other option is you could enlarge the size of the tenon you could bore a hole in a piece of scrap wood, essentially bore a mortise, fit that tenon into the mortise, and then shape that down to a tenon again. You follow me there? So you're, you're not actually reboring the mortise in the leg. You're just boring a hole in a piece of scrap wood, gluing the leg into the piece of scrap wood, and then cutting a tenon out of that. Mm-hmm. So you've essentially laminated the tenon to make it bigger. That could be another option. Then you don't have to worry about compound angles or any of that stuff. You're just putting it in line with whatever the leg or, or stretcher that he's doing. I just imagine you're going to have uh, an issue where that tenon is going to be quite a bit smaller. As far as how you shape that, um, you want to rough it to shape using something like uh, you know a spoke shave um, that you can, or even a knife. You whittle it down to a somewhat round-ish shape. Uh, depending upon what your shoulders are like, if your shoulders are scribed to be flush with the bottom of the the stool, or if they're they have a bit of a you know tapered shoulder to it. Um, if it's a tapered shoulder, it's just a matter of using that spoke shave to kind of create that little tapered um, tapered bit at the, at the base. If it is actually a flat square shoulder or scribe shoulder, you have to um, saw around the base 
so that you make a little relief cut and then you can come up with a chisel and remove the waste right back up to the uh up to the shoulder of the tenon a lot easier to 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 do it than it is to describe it mm-hmm. okay well don't listen there to anything go. jen just said <laughs> um got an email here from peter he says, i love that he tells him not to listen to what i said but he himself does not have a solution huh funny how interesting works. yeah that's okay hey, funny okay. we criticize what we don't understand mark i don't you're right i definitely don't understand it uh <laughs> wiener woodworkers is the topic from peter peter wiener that's pretty funny uh no uh <laughs> after listening to the wiener woodworker episode i started digging through a lot of instagram pages and other social media accounts it seems like nine out of ten of these guys have built one cutting board and found a cool logo. And now they're sitting on a thousand followers posting the same picture <laughs> of the same cutting board over and over. I just quit my full-time job to start a furniture business. I've got a cool wife too. I feel like I <laughs> might, Hey, I'll, that's a, that's an important thing to have. We all have that in common. Oh, cool man. wives who understand our, our stupidity. That's they, well, I don't think understand it per se, but they go along with tolerate it. it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I might have made the wrong decision based on the overcrowding of quote unquote woodworkers in the market. I've built a small customer base and I have stayed busy since I started, but my social media accounts do so, so poorly. Do I need to be more of a wiener woodworker to get a following on social media? I guess um, there's a little weirdness in the sentence here. Uh, What you guys, okay. I guess I'm what you guys would call a third generation content creator and I just like to post pictures of my work. Also, what does bespoke mean? All right. I would say he's probably a fifth generation content <laughs> creator by this, this point. point. Maybe yeah. sixth. <laughs> there's yeah, been, right. There's been quite a few in uh, 15 years. So this, this is an interesting question. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, listening to the show, maybe they do some woodworking. Maybe you're doing it, you know, and selling some of your products. But it's got to be very difficult nowadays to decide how much social media you need to care about and interact with. Um, and I'd actually don't have a great answer for this per se. I think I'm in a very privileged position um, having, you know, been one of the first people to go down this path. But I have said many, many times that if I started today that I probably wouldn't do very well. I don't think I'm unique enough. I don't think I'm funny enough. I don't think I am uh, talented enough uh, to, to, to succeed in that environment. I think it's very difficult. I really feel for people like Peter who are coming in today, trying to figure out like, you know, what do I do with this? Do I have to ham it up uh, constantly? Do I have to do play the social media game or can I just be a great woodworker and show my stuff? So I guess the question I'm going to ask the two of you guys, what do do you think someone who can, they're just a great woodworker and they post pictures of what they do, maybe talk about it a little bit, can they succeed? And I, I say succeed in terms of what, you know, success on social media, uh, you know, is generally interpreted as, do you think they can succeed doing that? I think they're two entirely different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the answer is no. I, I think he's right that there's a lot of white noise. Um, and to succeed in getting through that white noise isn't going to get you more furniture customers, but it might get you more woodworking followers. And that's yeah. not what you want. He's building, he quit his job to start a furniture business. Um, and while there are professional furniture makers who have large followings on social media, um, actually, there's fewer and f- fewer of those. You know, I, the 
what's his name? Um, Jory came to mind, but Jory, because he was on the show that I'm forgetting the name of that show now, um, whatever that reality show was. Thank you. Um, because he was on, um, a reality show, he now has a following there. Yeah. But a little goose that, that is completely outside of his core customer base. He's still selling furniture to his customers. You've got guys that like Christian Bexfort, who has somewhat of a following because he writes for fine woodworking a fair bit, but he rarely posts, um, you know, granted there's a, there's a generational gap there as well. But I mean, I think it's important to have social media because it's kind of a business card, you know, and it's, it's a great place to post your pictures of your work and you can take, you can talk to a new customer and you can say what well, they, you know, they can tell you I'm looking to build a dining table. Oh, you know, I've done three or four of those in the past. If you go to my Instagram account, you'll see some of the pages I've done. You know, you of course can point them to a website or whatever, but Instagram adds, you know, or any social media channel adds kind of some validity to your work um, other than your website. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that being quote unquote successful there can mean very, very little to the success of selling furniture for a living. Yeah, I think for the, I totally agree with you um, for the most part. I do think there are at least a couple of exceptions, at least from what I've heard from those people. Philip Morley is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I've heard from Philip that he actually does get business through his social media. Um, I don't know if that's simply the exception that proves the rule though. Um, but he also makes great efforts to make his name bigger locally. So if you are doing local searches, and I think that's where it can be really tough to make this decision. If you're active on social media and you're, you know, where you're located becomes obvious to people. Well, some people may find a furniture maker that they want to hire because they're on Instagram and they're searching around and they find this, you know, this guy who's in Texas who does fantastic work. I want to commission him to do a project. So, I mean, Uh there's definitely value there, but I don't know that he should be spinning his wheels worrying about, you know, the guy who's showing his cutting board and his (laughs) wife in his feed constantly and has thousands of followers because of it. Um, That's not who you want to be. You know, that's not what you want to chase. I mean, there are people like me who do this for a living. I... Technically, I should be focusing a huge amount of my you know, brain space on how to do better in those environments. And I kind of hate every minute of it. Um, I hate chasing <laughs> algorithms. I hate fighting, going against the algorithm and, uh, you know, somehow succeeding in spite of ignoring what everyone else is doing, doing my best uh, to, to, to try that. And I'm doing like the, the social and exposure thing is a very important part of my business. Um, so unless you're really willing to go into it whole hog. Um, yeah, I mean, focus on that local aspect of things as much as possible. I think it just comes down to recognizing who your audience is. I mean, having social media is important because they are, well, I mean, YouTube technically is one of the largest search engines in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone points to Google. Granted, they're one and the same thing technically, but um Things like Instagram, Facebook, they're incredibly powerful search engines and people are are searching for products on those platforms. But the person who is searching to buy a dining table is going to have different, you know, search terminology, different ways of engaging than the woodworker who's looking to build a dining table. So, and that's just the same thing. It's understanding your customer avatar and speaking to that particular avatar. Um, If you pick up some woodworkers along the way, it's bound to happen. If you make beautiful stuff, you know, those of us that spend our days scrolling through our feeds, seeing a lot of wood products, the algorithm kind of figures that out and it starts to show you more wood stuff. 
Um, so you're going to end up with woodworkers. And I think that's how, you know, in instance of Philip, you know, he's finding customers because customers happen to be looking for a dining table um, or, or something along that line. And they're being shown stuff in their feeds mm-hmm. because he does have. So in, in this way, I just forgot Peter is doing the right thing, you know, continue to post pictures because you want to share what you built and you're proud of it. It's a good thing. But, you know, don't put like hashtag woodworker. <laughs> Can't even think of a hashtag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't even think of the hashtag at the point. But, you know, there, there, are, there are, you could probably do some digging to find out what possible hashtags might your, your customer might be using or your customers might be playing in or might get you to show up as a, you know, um, a sponsored post or not a sponsored post, a suggested post yeah. in, in their feed or whatever. So I uh, texted Philip while we were talking here because I was like, oh, maybe I can, I don't want to put words in his mouth. Maybe <laughs> I can get a direct answer. He texts me back with an audio message. <laughs> what? Nice. <laughs> so I can't like listen to it and replay it for you guys. I don't know what his answer is. <laughs> So I got a reply, but uh, I don't know what he said. I got to start doing that. That's smart. Uh, yeah, he just, uh, anytime he prefers to uh, speak it instead of type it, just is easier for him. So That's better. You get the little accent going too. Oh man, I get to hear that sweet voice of his. Yeah. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here real quick. I did listen to the messages from Philip. I cleared it with Philip, got his permission, and I thought you might like to hear what he had to say. So here we go. Hey man, um, yeah, this is always a tough question. Uh, you know, I'm very thankful for it because it has brought me a lot of work. I feel like it continues to do so, but for example, you, you probably wouldn't know me if it weren't for social media. I wouldn't know you if it weren't for social media. Fine Woodworking, Texas Monthly, all these other things that have also brought me business and it all kind of started with social media. Um, I have a hard time investing a lot of time in social media at the moment. Um, It used to be, I used to get a lot more DMs and inquiries about jobs. But what I'm finding now for me is people find me in roundabout ways and then they find my social media and they kind of just stalk me for a while. And years later, they're like, hey, I've been following you, love your work. We want to commission you for a record console. And it was kind of because of social media but it's definitely not i'm not getting i rarely have any dms probably in the last year that's like hey i want a piece let's talk um i mean it's been a few i have a huge client that's coming up all because social media so i don't know if that really helps you out but um it's a yes and no it definitely has made my business where it is now uh for sure so you know it is a um it's a difficult time like when you are you hold a certain standard to the things you want to post, uh, the the way you want to share things. I just remarked in one of my Instagram stories recently that I unmuted Instagram, which I haven't <laughs> done in a very long time. It's all reels. Yeah. And I'm swiping through them because Instagram is pushing reels and they are pushing people through it so that uh, people who post content on Instagram are very motivated to get more followers Instagram says, well, here's where you're going to get them. So then people do what Instagram told them to do. And now it's just reels constantly. And reels are quick, short videos with music. So if you have it unmuted, instead of what Instagram used to be, which was like a nice collection of photos and sometimes a video here and there, it is, it's like scrolling through radio stations. 
And it's all just random songs from all different genres. And most of it sounds like horrible club music, (laughs) but it's like you're scrolling through trying to watch woodworking, but all you're doing is like that someone's got their hand on a dial on an old radio and just going from one station to the next. It's pretty horrible. I kind of hate it. It's going to be an interesting couple of years, I think, as things kind of transition and shake out. Well, especially because these companies, all they're doing is chasing whoever is on top. So Instagram and YouTube are pushing this short form video, you know, accented with music because that's what works on TikTok and they all want to be TikTok. But well, yeah, not everybody can it just be became the most visited website. TikTok did? Yeah. Like it just, yeah. And now it's like, that's the most, that's where everybody is now. That's, that's yeah. what it is. And they're, they're just chasing it. So now it's, you know, we've got four different places that are all clones of one another. Any, any uniqueness that, that was on that platform, which kind of, you know, as somebody who was, you know, very much in the beginning of social media, um, it's very interesting because there was a time where each platform had its own personality and the content you made for that platform needed to be catered for how people expected to interact with that platform. And it's all kind of mushing together and becoming the same thing. So whether you, now you could take the same video, post it on YouTube, easier TikTok, for me now. reels. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does make it easier, but it also means like it's, it all becomes less meaningful with your interactions uh, on those platforms. Make, make one piece of content, you post it here, you post it there, you post it there, you post it there. <clears throat> yeah, except Which, for now it's all got to be vertical. I don't even so, do. I'm like, I have all my TikToks. I don't even post the reels. I don't post them to shorts. I could. What's wrong with you? I should as like, get on it. Cause like, like we were saying, like I'm a, like my job is to be a content creator and get my, my stuff in front of people's faces. And I'm not even doing that. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't this is just reposting the same thing. I still it's have, just I much. still think over the hump of, yeah, whatever. Post it here, yeah. post it there, post it everywhere. What difference does it make? I just, <laughs> I still live in that world of, I should have something unique on this platform because it's a different platform because my mind is still in the, the same people follow me everywhere. So why would I want to show the same people everywhere the same thing? But that's not really the case anymore where people are only following you one place. Yeah, I think a lot of people tend to find an app they like and then sort or, of stick with it. Or your stuff gets buried and the people who are following you doesn't even, don't even see your stuff. Because yeah, well, that's every platform yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like especially on Instagram now. Like if I don't post a, something as a reel, no one sees it. Nope. They're like, okay, well, gets whatever. no traction. And they give you this. The funny thing is they give you the stats on this and you could see I posted this. And it went to a thousand people, a whole thousand out of the, you know, 250,000 you might yeah. have as followers, but welcome to social media. Peter, get out while you can, man. I don't, I don't know. I've been <laughs> <laughs> stay away. I, I can it's tell awful. you, I don't put as much effort into my Instagram as I used to like nowhere, even close. I still do well, stories. Of- I enjoy doing stories because it's like a fun, like daily, like here's what I'm doing today. Quick and easy kind of thing. But as, yeah. as far as like, I'll polish or manufactured content. I'm like, I don't even, I don't really even care that much anymore. Well, does part of your enjoyment, uh, does that count for something? Like if you actually enjoy <laughs> enjoying um, for something like, yeah, I mean, well, you're, you're doing this as a job. So if you enjoy the interactions and the process of posting on Instagram, you naturally will, will do it more. Um, I mean, I have to say that my enjoyment of Instagram is tanking and my personal interest in interacting there is absolutely going into the toilet because of the choices the platform is making. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you there. I'm a hundred percent with you. So my guess is you're having more fun on TikTok than you are on the other platforms. I am. And my stuff is getting seen and exposed me to people who never heard me before. And yeah, the, the, I get a lot of comments and reactions and this generally, it feels, it feels like Instagram was like 
four or five years ago. Right. I'm like, oh, your energy. People actually, your stuff actually has some traction. It will go somewhere Mm -hmm. and you will find new people on this platform. Versus Mm -hmm. now I've been like, it's been a plateau feeling or even declining for like the last two or three years where like I see zero growth. And if anything, I'm seeing like negative stuff as far as um, like likes and comments and stuff. Well, you're basically, you're being told pay us and then we will give you access to those same people you had access to before. That's true. But I'm also like, you know, making content for your platform for free. So you're welcome. Mm -hmm. There you go. I think your your dance moves are getting better on TikTok too. That helps. I'm not doing any dance moves. All actually, all I've been doing lately is I've been I've been converting my YouTube videos to TikToks. That's it. I do a little voiceover and I just like grab like the interesting clips in the video, and there's mm-hmm. a new TikTok. And those videos, the TikToks will outperform the YouTube videos. Yeah, that's the crazy part. Yeah. That's wow. Right. This is uh, I mean, you can't. It's like no good way to monetize it yet, but it's eyeballs. Yeah um shorts though what about shorts that's i think that's kind of tapered off as well like six months ago yeah there weren't that many people making shorts so like any short you did was like gangbusters yeah. crazy because the the algorithm had like i got nothing to show people so here's your stuff because i got nothing else to show them and now i think enough people are on it making enough of those shorts that it doesn't really they don't go anywhere either yeah they're not giving you as much uh of a push i i have one my claim to fame is my Eight and a half million view short that I have. That's, that's insane. <laughs> Eight and a half million. I mean, as a woodworker, that's is, that, that's like, not something I should ever expect. It's a number that that's doesn't like, exist. That's in my like world. stupidity numbers. Like yeah. even- Eight and a half million. <laughs> I think it's on my um how to mill a board. That one really? Yeah. Well, look, here's the thing with these. We're, uh, we're totally off on a tangent, and I apologize to people who just are here for woodworking. We're answering um, those questions still. What are we talking about? Is technically a question. Um the, the thing is, what makes these things like successful all the, or, or viral, I guess, is if you give people a reason to comment, you got to give them a reason to comment. That's true. And in that video, yes. there were like, there were two or th- not intentional. These were unintentional things. But the learn, the thing I learned from it was I said that this board was square oh, and gosh. everybody, <laughs> most of the comments <laughs> we're talking about, yeah, <laughs> we're talking about the average Joe, right? Who doesn't know woodworking terms. There are, I would say the lion's share of the comments are that it is not a square. How does this guy not know the difference between a rectangle and a square? <laughs> Seriously, that's where, that, that's where that went? 100%. Oh man, I love that. Wow. So most of the interaction there is that. And, but that's like, it's getting people to engage. And a lot of times what I've found, you might see this on Facebook stuff too. There will be spelling errors on things intentionally. Like, I don't believe that it's an accident that that meme misspells a basic word because that's going to get somebody to say, can't even spell that correctly. But that interaction is what propels the virality of these things. It's crazy. <laughs> so yeah. How to mill a board. Oh, oh like pushing 10 million views now. That's I'm, for people who don't even like woodworking. <laughs> it's not, which is it's not a square. Uh, that is not square. <laughs> oh, <God>. anyway. <laughs> it's a cube. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's finish this off, Matt. Get that question and we'll get out what of here. What we got here is from Dylan. Hello from rural northern Illinois. Just wondering what you guys do with all your sawdust. Do you have a dumpster to empty everything into? As of right now, I'm dumping everything into a pile in the cornfield behind the wood shop. I'm looking for a better solution. Let me know your thoughts. Love the podcast. I can't think of a better solution than just dumping it in a cornfield and being done with it. <laughs> My cornfield is full. Well, I have no room left. <laughs> That's, this is what I do. I just dump it 
on the yard in the yard somewhere. I've done that at the old house in the uh, in the suburbs. Yeah, I made a big giant compost pile. Just dumped it here. Now I'm stumping in the woods. I'm, I'm really safety? into like really low input disposal methods. Just dump it out and move on with your life. Are there any safety issues to a pile of wood dust like that? Just, I don't know, in summer, know, combustion? Rains, as soon as it rains, then you're done. Mold? Is that a thing? Yeah, because it's decomposition. Sure. Okay, so it's just slowly decomposing. You don't want your kids to play in the pile. Well, my mind do, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, so there's like two, like, <laughs> as, we, as we get into this so here, there's like two kind of things with this. So if you're using like um, a planer a lot, you're going to have bigger chunks and shavings. Those are going to last a lot longer. If you're doing fine dust of like a sander, uh, that stuff decomposes like in, like instantly because hmm. there's so much more surface area, the volume. Yeah. It just, it's just gone. It doesn't last. It's like sawdust from like the, the sawmill, quick, gone. But wow. planter shavings I'll use is mulch. But like for the, the sawmill stuff, it just doesn't last. Interesting. Well, I use a trash bag. <laughs> God. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like on work. Tra- I'm on team trash bag. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't have a cornfield to dump it into or anything like that. So See? I use Dylan. You're living at large right bags. now. You're living the good life, man. You don't know what you got. <laughs> you got a good. Yeah. Why is he asking? Just out of curiosity, or is he looking for a better option? Because that's about like the best you can hope for. That's what I'm saying. That sounds awesome. That's what I'm saying. I mean, when you got that situation, you vent to the exterior. You don't even have to worry about filtering, and then you just dump that crap outside. I can't think of a better Sounds good to me. Unless you're talking about like, I want to just do something with it other than just having it be compost. The only better solution is to put the dust collector outside the whole thing and then duct it into the shop so that everything is just outside and you don't even have to empty it because it's just going into a giant pile. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's what David Marks does at his shop. No sound, nothing. Just, that'd just be great. Air movement is all you hear through a pipe. Wow. Give me some of that. I got a, I got a full <laughs> bin that's been full for a week and because I don't have an assistant anymore, it's not magically emptying itself. What's up? What? With that's ridiculous. Yeah, Cause it's so much work. Cause you got a bag in there. Yeah. I well, the take light my is blinking. bin all back and dump it and come back in done. Exactly. Yeah. I got a bag in there. I got to lift it and put it in the garbage can. Yeah. It's not, so I just unplug, I nah. unplugged my warning light that tells me it's full. <laughs> <laughs> that's my solution. <laughs> I'll it tell works. you when you're full. <laughs> I'll let you know when I want to hear from you, <laughs> dust sentry, oh, whatever the thing is I, called. I, I've actually done that method where uh, I'll tell you when you're full, and that <laughs> that was a bit of a problem. Um, my uh, my Rockler wall mount dust unit got uh, suddenly dropped to zero <laughs> air movement because it, it, no, it told me when it was full eventually, yeah. and and it was so jammed into the canister filter <laughs> that I had to like I had to like take a stick and like dig around in there to break it up before yeah. it would even fall out. Yeah, it was bad. It was That's very crazy. bad. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for us. Uh, family owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finished supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Excuse me. I'm drinking too much water. Sorry. Visit rockler.com or a store near you. Uh, you can use the code WOODTALK online to receive free shipping on most orders over 39 bucks. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a Rockler router table, box joint jig, and 12-piece box joint call set. Very nice. Beautiful stuff. 
Well, you know who else is family run since about 2010 is the show. Yeah. I can't remember when it started. 2010-ish. Somewhere around there. So uh, At least. Yeah. Send, send questions in and become part of the family. You can go to woodtalkshow.com and there's a form you can fill out. No one seems to ever use that anymore because um, they just email us <laughs> at woodtalkshow at gmail.com or you go to Instagram, woodtalkshow, and you can send, send questions there and Margaret pulls them together and emails us as well. So long story short, just email us, woodtalkshow at gmail.com. All your questions. We love them. Thank you, Margaret, for handling all that. And thank you, Nick, for editing another train wreck of a show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, uh, Wood Talk is only one year behind The Wood Whisperer. So the show started in April of 2007. What? That's old. Wow. That's it. That's crazy. And I, you know how we went on this, like, um, I wanted to, like, actually get names for all the episodes. Because in the beginning, we didn't name the episode. We just said Wood Talk 1. The only one that got a name at the beginning is number one. I called it the awkward beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Which is very appropriate. That's right. Accurate. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We will catch you next time. Please come back next Goodbye. time. Bye bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.